Greetings to all the amazing people watching and listening to this. Welcome to Jezuba Talks, a podcast dedicated to sharing compelling stories of hope, determination and humanity. If you have a warm bed, a roof over your head, you thank your stars. Some of us choose not to only thank our stars, but be humble. And some extraordinary people go beyond that and start a movement to donate their time, knowledge, and share your luck motto with others, for others. Hello, I'm Paige, and with me today is the Executive Director of the Lucky Duck Foundation, Drew Moza. Welcome, Drew. Honored to have you with us today. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Drew, tell us about the founders, Pat and Stephanie Kilkenny, and their motto. Yeah, the Lucky Duck Foundation was started by Pat and Stephanie Kilkenny, a local San Diego couple uh, that believe in, in giving back and, and making a difference in their community. And uh, so they started this organization back in 2005. Pat uh, was a very successful business person. And he said, you know, me writing a check to charity isn't good enough. We need to get our friends and family together and tell them whatever they contribute we will match so we can significantly increase our impact. And so they did that for a dozen or so years, would hold an annual fundraiser event, raise a sizable sum and then give it away to some causes close to their heart. And then in 2016, Peter Seidler, who's the owner of the San Diego Padres Major League Baseball team, uh, teamed up with another business and civic leader, Dan Shea, uh, because they saw homelessness getting out of hand and very little being done to to help the poor souls suffering on the streets and so they hold a uh, or they organized a weekly meeting to study it and determine what the private sector could do and, and brought pat and stephanie kilkenny into those conversations very early on and long story short pat and stephanie decided to make homelessness the sole emphasis of the lucky duck foundation in 2017 and at that point the, per, the, the foundation purchased several industrial tent structures that can shelter hundreds of people very very quickly and so homelessness has been the the sole emphasis ever since and and really the the motto or the philosophy is if you consider yourself to have had some good luck and, and fortune in your life share that luck with others and pat and stephanie now match all donations up to one and a half million dollars per year uh, to, you know, compel additional gifts and, and really make it all that much more easy and, and motivating for people to, to get involved and, and make a difference. And people usually ask me, where does the name come from? The Lucky Duck Foundation. And you can probably guess with a last name like Kilkenny, there's some Irish heritage. Yes, yes. So there's the luck of the Irish or lucky. And then, and then Pat yeah. went to the University of Oregon and their mascot is the ducks. Um, and he, he went there. He's a major benefactor. He actually served as their athletic director for several years. And and uh, so that's where the name comes from. And again, if that's kind of the motto is to share your luck with others to, to make a difference. And Pat and Stephanie will, will match your donation. That's a beautiful thought. So do you call all the people who are coming in as lucky ducks? <laughs> you know, a lot of a lot of our donor base consider themselves lucky ducks, and and that's really what we're trying to foster is this sort of uh, family type approach or feel that that if you donate to our cause, you you feel like you're a part of a family that cares and wants to make a difference and can make a difference, and so we'll 
raise a sizable sum of unrestricted contributions, and then we'll invest that in programs that are that are tangible, that have a high impact, and that can alleviate suffering now. And and yeah, so I, I think a lot of our donor base feel that they've had some good luck and, and fortunate in our lives. And, and for that reason, they're compelled to donate and, and get behind our efforts. Maybe this is a very deep question, but uh, could you tell us why is homelessness on the rise? There's a lot of reasons for homelessness um, from economics to severely severe mental health issues to drug abuse and addiction to the cost of housing uh, to loss of employment. We say if there's 5,000 people on the streets, there's 5,000 different stories. And so we're focused on alleviating suffering now and, and helping people find a brighter and safer path immediately. And a lot of the electeds love to talk about adding housing and housing is important, no doubt. It's an ideal outcome, but it's really costly and it's really long term. We're focused on how can we provide immediate pathways off the streets today. And and we say if if housing is the only thing that that is focused on, that's like telling passengers on a sinking ship, hang tight. We'll build you some lifeboats sometime in the next two to twenty years because it can take that long, if not longer, to at housing. And so that's where we're focused on providing shelters and other cost-effective, um, humane and compassionate, but efficient pathways off the streets to, to um, put a, people in a warm bed with a roof over their head and, and start the path to healing and, 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 and the journey you know, back to housing and, and that healthy and, and sustainable place in life. Uh, so there's a lot of reasons for homelessness, and we know we're never going to solve the issue, but we do believe we can uh, make a meaningful yeah, impact and, and help a lot of people along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you are um, running a huge organization. It requires a lot of time, effort, and resources. Uh, how, how are you managing the resources part of it? Well, we were, we have a staff of two people. Every, for every dollar we raise, at least 94 cents goes back into the community. So we take great pride in, in operating lean and mean and making sure that the lion's share of anything that we raise gets pumped back into making a difference. And, you know, we do it because of a, a, a lot of people that care deeply and, and roll up their sleeves. When I mentioned uh, Peter Seidler, who owns the San Diego Padres and Dan Shea, longtime business and civic leader in 2016, they, they started that weekly meeting to, to study homelessness and determine what the private sector with philanthropy or coupled with philanthropy could do to, to make an impact. And that weekly meeting still takes place every I'm single just- week to this day. And, and it's every, every Tuesday, call themselves the Tuesday group. Yes, uh, that yes. group has not missed a weekly meeting in, in six plus years, including Christmas Day and New Year's Day. And so Peter calls it the uh, grubby band of volunteers, just people that care deeply and roll up their sleeves um, to make a difference. And so it's, it's really through that sort of 
collective mindset of, you know, everybody's going to jump in and, and own their piece of the puzzle and, and do everything in their power to make a difference and commit a considerable amount of time and talent and treasure um, to make a difference. And so that's, you know, really how we're able to accomplish what we're able to accomplish. And it's, you know, being surrounded by people like that is always, it's very humbling and inspiring. Absolutely. Yes. Um, hats off to all these people who are working tirelessly for all these people. Do you, do these people approach you or do you go around sourcing these people as in, by sourcing? I mean, you know, referring these people to your uh, shelter or how, how do these people get to know about Lucky Duck Foundation? Well, if you're talking about um, donors, it's kind of all of the above. We'll, we'll, we're not afraid to go out and ask people for uh, money to, to support our efforts. As if you don't know, uh, if you don't ask, you don't know. And so we're not afraid to go out and, and partner with other foundations, other donors and philanthropists in town and, and, and point to all the things that we've, we've been able to accomplish and all the programs that are tangible with you know, proven outcomes. Um, and we'll invite people to the Tuesday group if they want to, you know, maybe learn more and, and, and have a high capacity to make a difference. Um, if, if you're talking about people accessing the shelters and some of the things, some of the employment and job training programs and other things we've been, we've been able to start, it's really um, through so first of all, we we're not we take pride in trying to be a connector and a collaborator, um, and so it's really through a, a bunch of partnerships across a significant amount of of nonprofit organizations throughout San Diego um, that we're able to you know provide these pathways to these resources. And so, like one quick example is two one one in San Diego, people can call that number and it's a, it's a resource directory. And so they can say, here's my location, here's my circumstances. And two one one will connect them to that, um, shelter, to that organization. Okay. We have a, a food and water outreach program that reaches anywhere from 700 to a thousand people per day. And just this week actually will eclipse, uh, 1.5 million meals distributed since launching this program about two and a half years ago. And so that, that program is accomplished with, it's like 25 to 30 different organizations and their outreach teams. Um, we, we sort of, we fund the program and, and facilitate and lead it, but we can't distribute those meals without the partnership and collaboration with those 25 to 30 different organizations and outreach teams. So we try to be a connector. We try to create scenarios where organizations can, can leverage their strong suits and instead of, you know, some, some groups try to reinvent the wheel or they put on their Superman capes and think they're solving the world's problems without talking to other organizations. We think if we, you know, partner and, and work together, we can all go a lot further and have a, a bigger yes. impact. True. True. Um, what is like, uh, what is an average day at uh, Lucky Duck Foundation? In terms of uh, the beneficiaries, uh, you have all sorts of people coming in, uh, I'm sure. So what is it like in, on a day? Yeah. Um, you know, there's, it's a little bit of everything and no two days are the same, but t 
to, to give you an idea, you know, there's, there's probably for every, every, um, you know, first of all, we have programs that we own and operate ourselves that require quite a bit of management and oversight. The food and water program I mentioned, we have a lucky ducklings program. That's all about engaging high school youth that has a hundred to 125 kids across eight or 10 different schools. Um, we have a, a cash for trash program that pays mm -hmm. people $2 for every bag That's of trash that they clean up from their encampment or their surrounding areas. Yeah. It was a pilot program that after 34 days, more than 44 tons of trash was picked up and the response wow. from all parties was really positive. And so we're I think the extending that program and, and we're going to figure out. Yeah. I think the entire world needs to. What's that? Trash. Totally. Totally. It's, we're figuring out how we can expand and replicate it throughout San Diego. And it's, it's not all that complex. It just takes some elbow grease and, and the right people to, to facilitate the program with a little bit of funding. Um, so all those programs require some oversight. We have a, a program manager that, that mostly oversees those, but it's still a fair amount of work between both of us to make sure that they're moving and on track and, and expanding and, and heading in the, you know, the direction we want them to go. Then there's the um, programs and organizations that are seeking funding from us. And, and so those require a fair amount of due diligence to, re to review exactly what it is they're, they're needing from Lucky Duck Foundation the way of funding and how their program would work and making sure that it's not, uh, you know, duplicative of something that already exists and, and so on and so forth. So those can require a fair amount of time to do the due diligence on, on those. Mm -hmm. Then there's the fundraising efforts, which is going out and meeting with, with donors and, and folks that want to learn more and want to, you know, consider making a contribution and, and getting more involved and with volunteers as well that want to, you know, may not have the capacity to, to donate, but want to come and, and give some of the, of the time that they have. And so there's, there's that element of it. And then the fourth is a lot of what we do is to, is try to constructively um, hold elected leaders accountable and, and constructively push on them to do more. Um, so much of addressing homelessness comes down to political will. And so, you know, we've got a new program that's called Shamrocks and Shipwrecks that's basically going to highlight the good and the bad of political will and efficacy as it relates to addressing homelessness. And actions that are tangible that move the ball forward, those will earn uh, shamrocks. And then inaction or, or missed opportunities um, amongst elected leaders, those would get shipwrecks. And... And then that comes, that effort comes with a long list of things that the Lucky Duck Foundation is doing or prepared to do to help elected leaders throughout San Diego County. And so the, you know, interfacing with some government leaders and, 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 uh, you know, government employees that are focused on homelessness, that can take a considerable portion of our time as well. So that's sort of in my mind how I break down kind of the four key. Uh, elements of who we are and, and what we do from the program management, fundraising, the, the awarding of funds and creation of, of impactful programs, and then interfacing with the elected leaders. 
Let's take a break to understand what Jazuba is. Everyone at some point ponders on how this beautiful life can be made more meaningful. Maybe you're a leader trying to enhance your employees' experience at your organization. Or you already work for the community and seek volunteers with state-of-the-art skills to strengthen your nonprofit. Whatever your situation, know that you can make a difference. Chizuba began with this very vision. A vision to facilitate every skill and every passion in the world in meeting a social need. Corporate volunteering has several benefits for both businesses and organizations. In parallel, experienced and enthusiastic volunteers join NGO workers, enabling them to serve the community more effectively. Jazuba offers everyone looking to add purpose and meaning to their lives a chance to connect or volunteer virtually with nonprofit organizations from over 100 countries around the world. Visit www.chizuba.net and explore opportunities to find meaning. Chizuba, your platform to do good. And now, back with our guest. Wonderful. Which is the area that you uh, find most challenging in these four areas? (laughs) The elected leaders part. I I tell people that we're, I, I think we're trying to, to do God's work on, on several levels, the, the work of helping people find a, a brighter pathway off the streets, but also the work of instigating political will. And, and a lot of elected leaders are focused on the next election cycle instead of what they can and should do now to, to help the situation. And, and so it's, it's challenging for sure. It is rewarding, but I think I'd say that's probably the most, the most challenging Um, What kind of reaction or what kind of reception do you get when you go to approach for fundraising? What is the first instance uh, when people know that you're you're from the Lucky Duck Foundation and you're here to ask for funds? Is it conducive? Yeah, they they love... Uh, Is it what? Is it conducive? I mean, are they receptive? Yeah, they typically what we we hear the most is that they love that their donation will be matched and they love that we aren't afraid to um, publicly hold elected leaders accountable. And I think that's an important place that we play. So many of the organizations focused on homelessness receive government funding. And so because of that, they oftentimes can't say things um, about our government's approach or elected leaders because you don't want to bite the hand that feeds you. Whereas we, we virtually uh, exclusively pursue private dollars and, and people like Peter Seidler and Dan Shea and others um, can have a really powerful and important voice to just call a spade a spade and elevate the facts, not in a, not in a, you know, aggressive or harmful way, but in, in such a way that, you know, 
tries to hold people accountable and, and moves things forward that, that should be that maybe others are afraid to say or don't want to say or feel that they, they can't say because of, you know, how the funding works. And so generally that's the response that we get. We, I mean, there's several occasions where we've had to call a press conference or take other um, steps publicly to move things forward that, that ultimately generated results um, with the elected leaders. And I'm happy to give you a few examples, but that's, that's generally the, the response that we get. People, you know, donors like that, that their gift is matched. They like that we're um, not afraid to, to try to constructively hold elected leaders accountable. But then they also like, right, the third thing is that we measure every program. And so we can go back and say, you know, whether it's a, a $1,000 gift or a $100,000 gift or a million dollar gift, we can say, here's the anticipated outcomes that, that we expect to achieve. Um, and then we'll go back and measure against that so we can understand exactly what we were able to accomplish yeah. with that funding. Accountability, yes, absolutely. A big plus there is accountability. Wonderful. Um, you also accept cryptocurrency is what I read on your website. Correct. Yep. Um, so how does that work? There's, I'm trying to think. I think it's an organization. Uh, it's a company called The Giving Block that basically is able to create a plugin on our website. Um, so as donors, you know, they might um, be in, invested in, in cryptocurrency and want to make a difference. Um, we, we make it very easy for them to get on our website and, and donate crypto and gain the tax advantages of a, a gift like that. And, and, and so, yeah, we're, we're able to, whether it's cryptocurrency or, stock donations or donor advised funds or what have you were able to accept a whole lot of contributions is, is what you have to do if you want to raise money and, and keep making a difference. So it's a, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great platform and it makes it really seamless. It, it is. I think it will find a lot of uh, positive response from the millennials, uh, the, the ones who want to give and uh, they would like to give in their currency, the crypto. You're very flexible, basically. Totally. And to your point about millennials, we try to put out a, a steady stream of content on our across all our social media channels, highlighting, you know, some of the programs we're investing in, some of the programs that we own and operate ourselves, um, you know, because it's it's important to be able to quantify what we're doing and, and highlight what we're doing. And some of those crypto donors will will never even meet or know who they are. And so we have to be able to communicate who we are and what we're doing in, in other ways and on other mediums. And um, so that's all part of, you know, the fundraising and making a difference this day and age is you got to live on a, a bunch of different places and put out content on different places, and, which we're happy to do. And really it, it gives us a chance to uh, tell the stories of some of these organizations and programs that we're able to, partner with and, and kickstart that, you know, otherwise maybe folks wouldn't know about. And so we're constantly out there trying to tell good stories, whether on social media or through traditional media, because we just believe so much in, in what we're doing in, in some of these programs that we've been able to get behind that, that we hope, you know, people far and wide can learn about what we're doing and, and the, the lives we're able to change. Yeah, I, I went through your website and I found a lot of programs, a lot of uh, incentives 
for even volunteers to come in and help. Uh, are you looking for volunteers all the time or is it there a phase that you look for? Maybe during Christmas, maybe, you know. We always need volunteers. Yeah. Uh, no, we always need volunteers, especially for our food and water outreach program. Um, that's the one I mentioned earlier that this week will eclipse one and a half million meals distributed. And, and actually tomorrow we're going to celebrate that occasion. Um, we're going to bring out a, a food truck from dreams for change, which is, uh, one of the many employment and job training programs we've funded to help people overcome homelessness. It trains them in, in restaurant operations and food truck operations so they can go out and, and get uh, restaurant type jobs. And so we're going to bring them out to serve hot breakfast, all the outreach workers and volunteers and, and donors and staff at some of our partner organizations. But, you know, outside of that, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning, we need help packing the meals and, and, and preparing them for the outreach workers to come in and pick them up. Because basically how it works is we'll buy all these ingredients. They get shipped to us and then we have to package the meals for about a seven, 700 to a thousand people every day. So it's, it's no, it, it, it's a bit of a tall order. And so we need volunteers out there every Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning, assembling the packets. Um, they pack them and put them in, in, uh, uh, plastic bags. And then all the outreach workers come and pick up those meals. And then they, they're the ones who distribute them throughout the city and the Would county. And, and this program was, sorry, what's that? Would you also require online volunteers? Do you require any kind of digital help? Yeah, we do on, on more of a case by case basis. It could be uh, graphic design. It could be doing some research. It could be doing uh, volunteer recruitment. It could be doing uh, donor recruitment and, and, and sort of prospecting. And that's, that's more on a case by case basis, I'd say. Um, but we're not afraid to put people to work and, and find ways for them to plug in either in person or, or remotely. Cause I know that's kind of where you all are focused is really engaging volunteers across the globe, which I think is awesome. Yes. And, uh, we're very happy doing that and we have a lot of wonderful response. So you might want to tap into that source as well. Um, also, uh, tell me, there are all kinds of homeless people coming into your shelters. You would have uh, people with drug abuse. You would have people with mental health problems. Uh, how uh, is the staff able to handle these? Are they counseling them? Or, you know, you, you would require medication. You would require counseling. You would require, of course, the basic things like food, shelter, and water. But uh, are you also dealing with a lot of these criminal, um, criminal bent of mind kind of individuals. Yeah. So it's a good question. Um, the, the shelters that we own and, and we'll, we'll typically donate the use of those assets to the, the city, the local municipality, and then we'll cover the cost to construct them. And then when it comes to operating those 24 seven, that's a different organization. We're, we're not a service provider. Um, okay. That's where like the Alpha Project locally is. That's kind of their bread and butter is operating those shelters, going out onto the streets, finding those people and bringing them in 
to provide the appropriate, you know, triage and, and path to behavioral health services, mental health services, um, case management and housing navigation and, and that whole deal. What, what we've done is created a passport program. We call it passport program. Um, that there's, you know, a list of five or seven things that if folks, once they move into the shelters, if they accomplish those things within 30 days, we'll provide them with a community care kit. And so it could be, you know, doing your laundry, getting vaccinated, getting um, connected to a mental health screening, um, taking a shower, getting connected to a housing navigator. If they accomplish those things, we'll get a, a community care kit. So it's a backpack with like sweatshirt, sweatpants, stocking cap and socks and and usually a gift card like to you know, a local retailer. And so that has really um, it's it's not just a handout, but it's really a um, an incentive for them to take the appropriate steps to start the path to recovery. recovery. And so that's that's kind of one of the ways we can sort of support and reinforce what the what the Alpha Project or what the service providers are doing. Um, so that they can help people, you know, more quickly get connected to the services that they need. Right. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Drew. Um, you have helped us understand this entire situation and you put it into perspective. Uh, it is a difficult task. Uh, it is something that will not see an end in the very near future. But I think you guys are doing uh, fantastic work. And um, we would like to share this with Thank the you. audience and uh, tell them about Lucky Duck Foundation. Could you share your social media handles so we can just publish them and get people to visit your website? Yeah, luckyduckfoundation.org is our website and our social media channels uh, there. And I think Instagram, it's it's Lucky Duck Foundation, um, or maybe Lucky Duck Found. Twitter, I think, is Lucky Duck Foundation. Facebook, they should all be under Lucky Duck Foundation. So we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and then we have a YouTube presence as well. But um, all of that can be found at LuckyDuckFoundation.org. Great. Yes, wishing you a lot of uh, goodwill and a lot of best wishes for running this wonderful organization. Thank you very much. Jim. Thank you.